0: Feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody
1: please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey.
2: Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of Fun and Games for the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a good hockey team on our hands. It's been a long time coming. I am personally uh, like just just elated right now. I wanna we're gonna take a, a moment a little later to just really enjoy the moment. But first, let's get into the intros. Let's lead things off with from theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Bill, you know what I'm tired
0: of? What are you tired of, Charlie? Tell us, Charlie. I'm tired of the New York Islanders. All right. They refuse to just go they, away. They shouldn't be good. Like, is Barry Trotz just the best coach in hockey by far? Because I look at that roster. There's one, and one I'm good not, coach yeah, ever, and it's Barry Trotz. I'm not, I'm not impressed. I am not. Like, Matt Barzell's awesome. They yeah. have a couple legitimately good players. But I look at that roster, and I say to myself, why are you second in the division? And the only thing I can come up with is Barry Trotz is yeah, just an it. amazing coach, because that's the only thing that makes sense to me. But I've been waiting for them to fall off for now a year and two months you watch, and they just <laughs> won't do it were you watching about terry with the red wings going
2: how come he was so good for the <laughs> Islanders? <laughs> <a> fair point <laughs> all the way from nova scotia kelly Henkel.
0: so in the vein of this team being good again
3: i would just like to talk about how nice and relaxing it is just to trust that when the coaching staff makes a decision that maybe you don't agree with like scratching shane Goss to for three games in a row you kind of just feel confident that they know what
0: they're doing. It's been a while since I felt that way, and it's really nice.
2: Yeah, I'm not, like, terribly angry when something I disagree with happens anymore. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. It's the first week of December. I'm not saying I'm not going to get angry about stuff at any point, but so far, so good. Well, they're winning, so it's, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, just wait for that first losing. Streak. Well, we're in that we're in that honeymoon period <laughs> yeah. where, you know, we're we're getting we're getting used to the new coaches. We're happy they're winning and everybody is giving them the benefit of the doubt. If, you know, they were to get swept in a playoff series, then that benefit of the doubt might go away. Oh, but for God. now, everyone's happy. Don't even do no n- it. <laughs> There's no negatives right <laughs> now. Need to no. talk <laughs> about
2: that, and Stephalicious D Steph Driver.
3: Um so the the big topic of conversation today and probably for the rest of this week is that the Flyers are not selling out the building anymore and they're having attendance issues. And I'm just here to to dump some cold water on everybody. This is not a brand new problem. Like the Flyers have no, had Yeah attendance problems for years and there's a lot of reasons behind this um so i did a whole thread on twitter actually before i came here um but the number one reason the number one reason the flyers are having attendance issues is because their core customer base which is their season ticket holders are aging and dying. Like that's a really terrible thing to say, but that's what's happening. And they they've done a really poor job of marketing to the generation X millennials, the next wave of people that will be buying season tickets. And now nobody's buying season tickets and the arena's empty. Now, the people who buy tickets on StubHub, on SeatGeek, on whatever other third-party app there is i miss scalpers personally i mean a
2: good old-fashioned scalper n- nobody gets
3: physical <laughs> tickets anymore I know. um i mean those are the people that buy them online this this way are generation x millennials but they're not flyers customers because they're buying them from somebody else who Ooh. already bought the yeah. ticket so even though you say well i'm buying tickets and they're not that expensive you're not moving the needle towards filling the stadium the, the sales team already had that those ticket tickets already sold checked off as sold. So there's a lot of reasons they keep increasing the ticket prices. Parking is 22 bucks. A hot dog is $8. Like there's a lot going into why people aren't going to games. But the number one reason is just as simple as they just haven't done a good job of marketing to the younger generation. And they've
2: been bad for like I a mean, while. There's
3: definitely that
0: too. Like they're finally I mean, that doesn't help, yeah. They're finally good and I'm happy, but it's two months. Well that, that's the I think that's the reason why it's getting so much play. Because yeah. if I think if this if there would have been a game like last night, there was fifteen thousand people and there were clearly a lot fewer than fifteen thousand people in that stadium. But if a game like that would have happened, you know, last December when the team was literally in the basement and everyone was yeah, getting fired and it was a mess. Yeah. I think people would have just been like, yeah, that makes sense. The team's awful, no one wants to watch this team. I think the reason why it came as such a shock last night to a lot of people is because the team is actually playing well. They're on a winning streak and not with only- a good opponent yeah, we highlight like, real players in town. Yeah, and not only was this low, like this was low for this season. Mm-hmm. This was a this was the lowest amount of I guess paid attendance they've had all year, on the heels of a four game winning streak against a team like Toronto. So that's why it came off as very like, wow, where did that come from? It, yeah, this has been a problem, but it seems like it got even worse, despite the fact the team is getting better. And hanging out with us tonight. The Biscotties ladies, we have Kim
2: Perant and Jody Smith. All, All right. right guys, uh so Do you have anything particular
3: to
4: say about the flyers <laughs> right now? We were actually at the game last night. I was too. And we both commented that it was not very full. I yeah. mean, we were walking around, it was like 5 minutes till the puck dropped and it was like not a lot of people in the concourse. It was and really? it is weird because I do feel like over the years good or bad and for the most part yeah. it was sold out.
2: You that was always MTC the thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because the core bit like it's not like it's we're in an Eagles' a football town but like the hockey fans I feel like we're so loyal, loyal. So that, so it's surprising to ever see empty seats in there for me.
4: Yeah. A lot. And, like, So we were definitely surprised. We did for the first time last night check out the assembly room. Mm-hmm. How That's is it? Really, it's really cool. Okay. It's really cool. People want reports yeah. on it. They're like I think I want to go yeah. but I'm not sure. And well I, they're, they're trying to get the molest, you know, that's exactly that what pull. it is. There's is it like they're $20 trying. or $25. very cool.
1: I really yeah. I thought it was. It was like, a cool. It was yeah. definitely cool vibe. I mean, it's not what we're used to in hockey. I mean, I'm used to, you know, the spectrum. That's what I like. Sticky floors that smell like stale beer and cigarettes. (laughs) Right.
2: I love the spectrum because no matter how much money you have, everyone pisses in the same place. (laughs) You all have to go down into that basement. The dungeon. The dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, no matter what. All right. So I just want to—Charlie wrote something, I think, today, and I just want to quote it real quick. I have Charlie Charlie O'Connor circuit today. With the win, the Flyers improved to 16-7-5, the fifth best record by points percentage in the NHL. Can we all just for a minute, like, just thank freaking God. Uh, Yes. Like, it's been so uh, long. It's been so long. So I just
3: saw over the weekend that they were in fifth place in the NHL, and I had to go, I saw it on Twitter. I was like, no, this is not right. I went and and had to go look (laughs) at the standings. Is that a typo? Like, is this actually (laughs) real? And the teams that are ahead of them: Boston, Washington, St. Louis, and the Islanders. Yeah, (laughs) three cup contenders
2: and those damn Islanders. (laughs) Those
0: Islanders, Islanders. Uh, I guess they're they're awesome.
3: (laughs) And they're they're tied with Edmonton, followed by. Arizona like what is what
0: <laughs> and, 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 and I guess that's maybe like a little bit of warning of hey maybe we should pump the brakes Arizona's like, no, 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 no. get too excited a right. good team. has anyone yeah. seen we'll what's going tomorrow. on in
2: Edmonton yeah. like those guys are
0: scoring at a Gretzky and Messier yeah, pace it's mm-hmm. just, it's just it's the two guys un- <laughs> oh it's two <laughs> people
2: if they did if they only dressed two guys their record would be exactly <laughs> the same amazing. all you need is a yeah. Yeah. that's it but uh Charlie, you of course asked the question. So how good do we really think this team is? Because we've been I mean, we watched this team a couple of years ago win ten in a row yeah. and then famously go on to miss the playoffs. So there's always that in the back of your mind, uh, should I should I jump all the way in? I've jumped in. Why well, just I, I have I am burning. That feet. shocks me yeah.
3: not at all. Zero free. Yeah, yeah. I am just I'm so,
2: do we do we really think this is like a division contender? I, mean,
0: I think my viewpoint is that if you want, if you want to believe that this team is good, you can. There is enough evidence. There is enough real evidence for you to point to to say yes, they're good. Because when it really, what it boils down to in my mind, and this is what the it, it's it's simultaneously exciting and also terrifying is that you look at this roster, and there really aren't that many obvious holes if all of the players (laughs) Mm -hmm. that we think are good are actually good.
2: Yeah, that's like when people on like on my post games, people are like, "When are we getting rid of Voracek JVR?" I'm like, "I swear if to two God, two of our best players are our biggest problem, we got no yeah, problem." we got no <laughs> problem. That
3: is my that's my biggest issue with the people that are the, oh, the well, Voracek you know, haters. No, I'm not, I'm I'm not gonna get into this conversation, <laughs> this argument
2: with you again. No, I'm. I have no complaints right now. Everyone's great I in mean, my that, mind. That's
3: my <laughs> biggest issue with the people that hate Jake Voracek. Like he's still one of our most prolific scorers, or at least. Set up men. I like, love can what he's we di- just be happy with what we
1: have, like for a minute. And I do feel like we have a coach now that holds yep. the players accountable, yep. which yep. I, we didn't have in the past. So I feel like it's not going to slip back like they did before. I feel and like they're going to be the combination. Like that. The yeah.
2: combination of holding accountable, saying like Jake Voracek just has to be better, and then going, you know what, I'm going to do. Put him in position to be better. To be better. Yeah, Here's right. Sean Couturier right. and Oscar Lindblom, Jake. Oh, you look Have good again. Yeah. Congrats. Amazing. You look like a good hockey player again.
0: <laughs> and and the, the cool thing about the whole accountability thing is that the players, obviously they could be lying. But I get the impression talking with them that they really like it. They like the accountability. Yeah. And you know, without them coming right out and saying it, I do think that they believe that it was missing. in one way or another, it was missing. You talk to Sean Gattari and Sean Gattari is the kind of guy where the work ethic is unquestioned. You know, he's, he's a guy who every day of practice, every game is giving a hundred percent. And when he's coming out and saying, you know, yeah, one of the reasons why we're off to this great start is because it's accountability. And because, you know, the coaching, the coaching staff treats the veterans and the rookies the exact same way. If, if a veteran's not playing well, you're going to, he's going to hear it. If a rookie's not playing well, he's going to hear it. and, without saying that that's not the way it used to be, he's basically saying, saying that. that's not I the mean, way yeah. it used to yeah. be. It's
2: very clear. <laughs> oh, it totally, to totally. clear. <laughs> no, no, I have heard several different quotes just like, like mm-hmm. I, I think Kevin Hayes today just going, this is the tightest team I've ever yep. played for. It's like, oh, right. He hasn't even been like. <sighs> Kevin he's... Hayes is a just a, a treasure. We're going to get like. <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy that we can stop with the overpaid stuff with Kevin Hayes because he... that's
3: is a treasure like incredible. team dad just immediately um so just my my two cents on how good we think this team is watching the game last night yes the final score was 6-1 that was absurd
2: really clear those yeah. last
3: like three goals that was absurd but this is definitely a team that can take a, a highly skilled talented team and win, they they can take it to them, um, and you know maybe the score should have been two one, <laughs> maybe uh-huh. three one, but they should have won. They should have That's won. The thing. They and and not only should they have won, but their goaltender bailed them out when they had some some jitters in the beginning, and then when he let in that
2: really fluky goal that pop fly like all mm-hmm. goals are flukes i say that but, yeah like, that, that, come, like, that was a pop fly that hit him in the back
3: yeah that was pop nonsense I mean, it hit yeah. like the knob yeah. of his stick yeah. I, it was right in front of where i was sitting like it was just it was the weirdest thing i'd seen it in, in, in live in a while and it was fine. It was just like, Carter, we got you. Yeah, no
1: worries, man. Yeah. We got well, you. Well, let me talk about our goaltending. To be able to have that confidence yes. and have just two goaltenders, you know, and have that confidence in both of them, it's that
2: alone. That's, is, uh,
0: having
1: just two, that's a, big, yes. that's a big deal. Big
0: improvement over last
2: year.
1: Right. And I'm, to be comfortable whoever, whichever one's playing that yeah. night, yeah. you yeah. know?
2: So. Andreas Johnson was coming down on a breakaway last night. I had I was like that's not that's, going in. Yeah. I was like no, this isn't going to be a goal. Uh-huh. Defenseman didn't have to take a penalty. It was I was just I had the utmost confidence and that was a great segue stuff cuz I want to talk about Carter professional. Hart. Professional. This kid uh, <laughs> he had a three-game slump. That was all it was. Three games against the Oilers, Stars and Islanders. He had a 7.21 save percentage. His save percentage for the whole rest of the season's 931, which is 6 mm-hmm. points better than the uh Vezina Trophy winner last year. Just saying. Uh, I always say all goalies are thieves of joy, but he brings mm-hmm. me nothing but happiness. <laughs> he just, I, I've never felt this way about a goaltender before. I have confidence in him, and that allows me to have more confidence in Brian Elliott because mm-hmm. they don't have to use
0: the old man. Yeah, there's, there's two aspects where I think the confidence in the goaltending is really showing. Number one, and this is something that I think anybody that's been paying attention would admit this has been one of the issues with the team, is that they have been starting slow in games. Their first periods haven't been great, even even last night. Their first period wasn't great. Then they got a shot like 15-7. to 7. Toronto looked like the better team. But... But you know what happened? Carter Hart was great, and he kept them in the game, and he allowed them to kind of get their bearings. And then in the second period when they started playing well, but if your goalie's not playing well, maybe by the time you get your bearings, you're down 2 nothing, and then it's an entirely different game. So that's number one. I think the goaltending has allowed them to settle into games in a way that they weren't able to do last year. The second thing, and I was talking to, um, to Justin Braun about this today, the penalty kill. You are able, as a penalty killer, to be more confident, to be more aggressive when it comes to attacking puck carriers when you believe that, hey, look— If I'm going at Nicholas Backstrom, you know, maybe eight times out of ten, I'm going to pressure him and I'm going to knock the puck away. But two times out of ten, he's going to make me look stupid because he's Nicholas Backstrom. But you feel more confident going at him if you believe in those two times out of ten, your goalie's going to bail you out when he sets up a guy for, for a pass. And I don't think that was there before. Like, I do believe that the new coaching staff has encourage them to pressure the puck more and i think that's a big reason why the penalty kill has been better but i also believe that one of the reasons is because the players are more willing to pressure more because they expect their goalies to make the saves whereas in past years they didn't expect the goalies to make the saves so they were afraid to do anything and then they ended up getting burnt anyway because the goalie's still going to make saves Mm -hmm.
2: and i think we're seeing that all over the ice even at even strength they're not afraid to send an extra guy in in the four check because hey if it's a two-on-one You know, we're not. We're gonna get a save. They're afraid to pressure right at the blue line, and you know what? If he gets behind us, we're gonna get the save. So
1: it's it's, funny. My mom used to love when she said uh, when there was a breakaway against my dad. She's like, because you knew he was gonna make some spectacular save, (laughs) and you just couldn't wait to see what it was. So like, she actually loved breakaways. We have the perfect guest here to talk about
2: Carter because (laughs) this this is the hope. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Only the Lord saves more than Bernie. We haven't had this since Bernie. This is the hopes and dreams of the city, we've always needed the goalie basically since your dad. We had Pelley in there, unfortunately. There have been some opportunities. Pelly of course, that was unfortunate. Jesus, uh, you know, Ron Hextall, the groin injuries kind of caught up to him and they ended up trading him for Lindros at one point. But having this guy from the very beginning of his career and just being able to watch him grow into this role, it's really something special. And a special. good kid. You uh, know, yeah, such yeah, really a is. great,
4: like... You know, role model. I mean, yeah. just. I don't know. That's I just love all like, the guys yeah. on this team. Or it is a good team. It's
1: good guys. I yeah. just I love the vibe they have together. Yeah, and it's I exciting. Just, I it's really exciting love time. The, this team right now.
2: So, what, what do we just think this is things are good? Right.
3: Right now, things, things are, good. are good. Things they, are good. And, yeah. And just to to kind of veer off a little bit, just a little bit about how good of a group. This team is right now. So Nolan Patrick came out, had media availability the other day. And one of the questions was, how is your team supporting you emotionally? Which is a really interesting question that I don't remember. Do you remember who asked that? I don't. I don't remember who asked it. But that's really interesting for a media member to ask
2: Nolan Patrick how he's doing emotionally. Because... Especially considering what is coming out about hockey culture every single day now. Exactly.
3: Every day. So I thought that was a really interesting question, and his response you know, made me tear up a little bit because I am who I am. But he's saying that they're really taking care of him, specifically Chris Stewart, Kevin Hayes. And he's, he mentioned that he's been in touch with Dan Carcillo, Dan Carcillo yeah. um, which is really good across the board. In and-
2: a previous context, I'd be horrified if the former number two overall pick <laughs> was spending all this time with Carbomb and Chris Stewart. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but they seem to be actually good guys. He So mm. Nolan Patrick spent Thanksgiving with kevin hayes and his family and i know that because oh, kevin I, I hayes put that. put a video on instagram and nolan patrick had no shoes no socks on <laughs> and his just bare feet all just, over kevin hayes coffee just table. part of the just, family I love just it. like that's where he lives now and i thought that that like just the fact that this is such a tight-knit group nolan patrick hasn't been on the ice at all this season he said that he will be i believe that he will be but they're taking care of their own they're taking care of him they're making him feel included I think that that's really important, and it shows the character of this team. Yeah, and I do want to make a point mm.
0: about about Chris Stewart because we've on the show definitely been critical of the idea of signing him, which is like when he's played, he hasn't been very good. So I, I don't think we were wrong in in that criticism. At the same time, he is a legitimately great guy. He seems and, to be liked by all. And in terms, like even even now, like he's played what two games since the start two, of November? Maybe three. Yeah. And you walk into the locker room. And like, there is no like down in the dumps, you know, I want to play, you know, grumble and he's joking around with the players, you know, guy walks in, he's, he's, you know, the, the boisterous guy, you know, cracking jokes. Hey, great shot out there. Like, and there's something to be said, and I'm not saying I want him playing on a nightly basis, but I do think there's, there's a positive aspect to having him in the locker room. I think it does. It does help. It does. It helps. I, I talked to him a few days ago about it. And he said, you know, look, i I maybe wouldn't have been this positive seven years ago. You know, maybe I would have just been frustrated. I'm not the no, to but I know what I'm here for. He's
2: at peace with where he is in his career. And yeah. that's perfectly like when they've in the past had guys in the press box who didn't feel like they belong there. Clearly, there's been some sort of rift, whether yes. it was outward or just yes. internal. Absolutely. They're, now they seem to have the right mix of guys. We're going to break for an ad real quick. On the other side, we're going to talk about the makeup of the team and a little bit of this team's depth. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. We bring you a very special episode of BSH Radio tonight because tonight we are joined by the ladies from Biscuit Tees, Kim Perrant and Jody Smith. How are you tonight, ladies? Good. How are you? Uh, great. Uh, you before the show even started, you hooked us up with these awesome beanies, and uh, I gotta say, I love your designs. Whenever I wear the t-shirts that I've got from uh, from Biscuit Tees, people just ask me where I, where I got them, and I figured. Best thing to do, have you guys on the show. So I just want to get started with an interview here. Oh, you want me to introduce you guys as well? No, I'm
3: just saying you're talking like you did all the work. I, you know, <laughs> I, was, I did it. We I have to maintain, to I like to maintain
2: the illusion with our listeners that I'm in charge. Everybody a, knows <laughs> that it's not you. It it's was Kelly. you and Ava.
3: what yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> exactly. And that's we, the and two just, of us run Bill's life and he's just, yeah. He just shows he's, he's accepted
4: yeah. it. As
2: you all know, I'm here with, you know, Steph Driver and Charlie. Carly O'Connor and we have Kelly Hinkle on the phone. She's back in Canada. What's up, Kelly? Hey guys. <laughs> oh, there is a delay. That sucks. Just, just like <laughs> a half right. a second. No. Anyway, so I just want to. I just want to ask you, ladies, how did you come up with Biscuit Teas? When did you start the company? Just tell us about yourselves and uh, and Biscuit Teas.
1: Oh God, I guess a little over, over year, a year ago. Yeah, yeah, we just sat down. We wanted to do um, build a business and do. a Built a company and we thought what better i found out i could draw about two years ago i had no idea i could draw so um we wanted to do something with that add in sports and teas which we love and we just kind of created it and sitting in a diner yeah. on writing on napkins like literally we, we scribbled our logo on a work. napkin yeah, yeah.
2: That's so cool. Yeah. I like yeah. so many of your designs. Yeah. The one I just saw you have back in stock, the Gritty in the City, yeah. Yeah. where he's peering out from behind the skyline. Yep. So Isn't cool. Isn't would cool? Yeah. Uh, where'd you, like, so you just discovered that you can draw, Kim?
1: Yeah, just a couple years ago, I was helped my daughter with a book report cover. And I was doodling, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then I was like, wait, this kind of looks good, and just messing around with it, and um, And, yeah, so I hand-draw all the pictures. The, The Gritty City one, we had the skyline idea, and I drew that, but we wanted to do something different with it. And as soon as we got the okay from the flyers to draw Gritty... We're like, let's, let's put like them right behind exactly. the city. And yeah, thing. so we kind of just I don't even know how we come up with our stuff. Yeah, we really it just our heads. Right. Yeah. it's
4: really it's it's crazy how it all kind of it's fun came to be. But it, it is it's so much fun. We were at a Flyers game and we're like, there's nothing different. All of the apparel looks the same, especially for women. It's, you know, boxy, cottony, bedazzled or, you know, so we just wanted something that feels kind of like your favorite T-shirt, like that, you know, rock and roll kind of vibe. And, um, you know, it just kind of rolled from there. Yeah. So
2: you got the flyer's permission to use grit Because you have yeah. a lot of logos, like the Philly shirt you're yep. wearing. It's just Philly and yep. cursive. There's nothing mm-hmm. copyrighted there. But, right. like, for Gritty and stuff, you actually doing that above yep. board. Yeah. And I
1: do ask uh, each player. We got permission from each one of them. Just because technically it's a hand drawing. So it's not, it's different than using an actual picture or what. But, um just out of respect, and with my sure. dad, and the history with the team, like we just want to keep everything. Yeah. On the but every single guy has been great,
4: and is yeah, go for it. Yeah, the team and, has been great. Yeah. I mean, they've been awesome
2: with and us. And so. you, ten uh, percent of all of your uh, all of your sales go to Snyder Hockey yeah. Foundation. Is that yep. that's that's so cool? Yep. How did that come about? Just your, well, you again, know, and
1: that's something we both were really big on when we started our company. We wanted to give back to charity somehow, and you know, the, with the community and just you know pay it forward and give back and so we talked to
4: you know some people over at Snyder Foundation and and yeah. what a great organization. I mean, what we've they... done a bunch
2: of things with yeah, them definitely. in the past. They're, They're really it's cool. It's amazing.
4: Yeah. I mean, what they do. Life changing stuff yeah.
3: for these yeah. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, we did an event with Snyder hockey um, last year when it was Snyder hockey alumni versus Flyers alumni. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. And we did, that. we, uh, we actually had an interview with your dad. Okay. Um, and a lot of the, the, the Snyder hockey alumni, a lot of Flyers alumni, and it was just the most fun event. It's yeah. awesome. They, the, 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 the the Flyers alumni love these kids yeah. and the kids just love being around just the team, the rank.
1: Like it's it it's was really, it was cool. really great. And when Mr. Snyder started that like that's his baby. Like he's so yeah. so proud of it. And just, you know, you could tell how much he cared about all the kids. So, you know, it starts at the top and trickles down. and It's just it's awesome. Yeah, so we're we're proud to be a part of
4: that. Mm -hmm, That's
2: really cool. Uh, Following you guys on Twitter, I saw that you uh, tweeted you had some sales over the weekend—Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that stuff. I worked in a shipping warehouse for a couple of years, and this was my like hell. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like this was like Thanksgiving I spent (laughs) at work. That's what I would do. How was it? How was uh, how was how were your sales? How'd everything go?
4: It was (laughs) really good. I mean, it was it was nuts, and it's just the two of us that do everything, right? So we. We package, we um, ship, package, ship everything. Yeah. So, and so we have full-time jobs, right? Of course. So yeah. it's like <laughs> it's crazy, but, but it was a great it was a great weekend. Yeah, it was a good sale. We've we've got a ton, like a really active customer base. I mean, we have tons of people that are repeat customers, which is awesome. It's always cool when you know people love the stuff so much they keep coming back, and that's awesome. Yeah. And it's also
1: fun because we do ship. I mean, we get none of every time we have orders, we're getting something to Illinois, something to California, something to Texas, like. You know, people want to represent the city where where they live now, and it's kind of cool. It is really cool.
2: So uh, you have a really active customer base, but it seems like you have you've gotten some prominent people in a lot of your gear. Yeah, uh, you know, I work uh, at my other job. You guys were there uh, at Chickies and Pete's, and mm-hmm. uh, John and Ike. You hooked yeah. up with some of their some of your stuff. Who's the coolest person you uh, you've gotten fitted into your stuff?
4: Wow, that's a good question. It's me. Yeah, yeah,
2: yes. yeah. Other than us, obviously. You? Present
4: company excluded. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's
1: very cool. To Clearly, have. it's
2: Ava, but uh, <laughs> obvious.
1: It's very cool to have uh, a. David Boreana yeah, is wearing cool. on, you know, to have it on the TV shows. That's so and cool. And primetime yeah. TV, kind and of a big deal. Yeah. When we had that, he and he wore the hashtag Gloria shirt, we sold out of a Gloria shirt like that. You yeah. know, oh, just that's from him awesome. Like within the, the first half
4: hour of the show. Yeah. But oh, so it's that's just so cool. Yeah.
1: He loves this stuff, and there's another one coming up episode, not this Wednesday, next Wednesday. He's going to be wearing another one of our shirts on there, so that's, that's fun. And, of course, really the players... Fun. You know, during their interviews and after games and stuff, it's always fun to see I them. Saw, uh, stuff. I saw
2: Miles Sanders and yeah. Robbie yeah. McCloud. Yeah, that's yeah. that's and that really was, cool. We just
1: gave Brandon Graham a bunch of beanies, and he took him into the locker room, and the
4: guys just yeah, he was like, the guys will love these. I'll give them. You know, we're like, okay, take we it, it now. Yeah. in like the field with one arm. We're like, oh, it's really cool. Well, because it's not
2: cool to wear like your team stuff, but since this is a little different, uh-huh. like it's not like hey NFL branded right. Eagles. It says birds. Uh-huh. Like that's awesome. That's
4: and that was the other thing too. We wanted something that I mean, you know, understated like. like, Like, if you know what it means, Mm -hmm. cool. If you don't, you You don't need to know. You don't need to know. Yeah. So we, we do love that, like, kind of... Um, you know it's kind of like a understated old school kind of yeah. kind of vibe. So And
1: McLeod, so I guess apparently someone took his, so he like reached out went <laughs> and he's, one. Like, <laughs> he's like, I out. need
3: another one. He's like, someone I love that beanie so much, slider. and
1: someone took it. Can I have another one? You know, I, it was like
3: crazy. Yeah, so I love seeing the flyers in the Broad Street shirts. Yes. Because Those I, are cool. I, that's a cool Not shirt. only are they cool shirts, but I like to pretend it's Broad Street hockey. Oh, yeah. because, oh, yes.
1: Yes. There you go. Awesome. We you had you in mind
4: when we did that. That's one of our minds. Best sellers, head. for yeah. sure.
3: Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. lo- I love that shirt. Yeah. But in my head, it's like, oh, that's Broad Street Hockey.
2: <laughs> yeah. they're, they're promoting <laughs> us, too. Totally. You, have a, you have a wide array of stuff. What's your best-selling design?
1: So crazy, because literally all of our stuff... Sell. Yeah. Like we're, we're lucky. Like we don't have like one or two designs that sell that a sit, lot, okay. and then the other yeah. ones sit. But like the only the Lord saves more than Bernie is always a steady. That's a stel- yeah, that's, that's sell- a steady. Seller. The Stay
4: Gritty Philadelphia's pretty steady. Yeah, Stay
1: Gritty Philadelphia. The Broad Street, like you said, that's I mean, but it comes and goes. If something's sitting for a little bit, then all of a sudden, that like sells out out of the blue. Yeah. Like it's just it's crazy. It's pretty equal around the
2: board. It is. is. rolling all the designs. There has to be one that you're like most proud of. What is it?
1: ah oh, i do um i love the the perron one my dad standing up for his pront mm-hmm. you that's know cool and, uh, the kick save one was fun to draw
4: and the wayne simmons oh was the, so realistic like Dwayne, it looked like yeah. it's, he's going to start talking on the shirt i mean when she first showed me i was like oh my
1: god yeah that is yeah. probably my favorite just as a drawing itself like the most where i look at it now and i can't believe i drew it <laughs> like i'm like oh that's my god i drew that <laughs> drawing so it's fun yeah
2: that's Kim, I'm glad you've mentioned Bernie a couple of times. Uh, If anyone not listening doesn't know, uh, Kim is the daughter of Flyers legend Bernie Perrant you have to tell us one thing that would surprise us about oh, Bernie.
1: Because he's,
2: like, the most out-there guy. So we know a lot uh, about him, even as just people who've met him in passing. He, but.
1: he literally, the way you see him in public is how he is all the time. Like, growing <laughs> up, when I was, like, getting up for high school and tired and grumpy in the morning, and he's, hey, good morning, and <laughs> me and I'm like that. You know, I mean, he's just, he never raised his voice at me my entire life. He, um... He would just get real quiet when he was mad about something, but he's just—I mean, he's literally. I that's can't even who he see him is. getting mad
4: about something.
1: Like, I, I, it, <laughs> no, I think that's my brother got an More emotion. trouble I, than I did. I think I got away with a little bit more. <laughs> that's <laughs> always my the way. Daughters goes. usually <laughs> do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally.
4: But um, and yeah. he's been so great with us with this too. I mean, you know, yeah, obviously he really pro- he's yeah, brown, yeah. gets
1: teary-eyed, and he's just—it's—it's it's fun. I'm for him so to proud watch of it. you guys. You are very
2: much continuing the legacy. Like only the Lord saves more than Bernie. If that's one of your best-selling designs, like that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's bridging, like I never saw him outside of the one alumni game. I never saw him play. Right. But like I damn well know who Bernie is, oh, and oh, I love yeah. that he's a Flyers legend.
4: And yeah. it's crazy too how many young kids love like, him. Love like well, little. Yeah. Like eight,
1: nine, ten-year-old boys that you know, the guys. You know, they hear it from their parents, and it's passed down. And my dad's so great with everybody. So uh, he brings you in just
2: every time anatomy. I've met him, just yeah. the absolute coolest guy. Yeah. Like he very Super much cool. is. Yeah, and that's absolutely. him. There's
1: zero fake or actor, it's, there, and
4: there's like is. no ego. He's so no. warm and yeah.
1: and
3: pleasant to talk to. Yeah,
4: he really is. Yeah. So many people are like, you know, I met him one time three years ago, and he remembers my my yeah. name or my you know, and and like Kim said, it's it's absolutely genuine like it's he's That's, just always in a great mood he puts yeah. you in a good mood you know he's 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 fantastic yeah really and good.
1: it's fun when we do events because we do a lot of events where we'll set up and um and we always have people coming up and telling stories and the people get teary-eyed talking about experiences with their with my dad or visiting someone in the hospital or how you know just that is so fun for me and just that must uh, be yeah just that's what makes me proud. You know, I mean, obviously there's a the stories about him playing in the parades and all that stuff, but it's those little personal things that, you know, he's just such a good person. Yeah. You know, that's take away so the cool. hockey. He's just like, just, he's just a huge heart. You know I mean? Yeah. He just yeah. Loves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. So as we're talking about events, let's just transition a little bit because these two amazing ladies are going to be with us at our Festivus party, yes. Yes. which is December twenty first soon. December twenty first. I've been Field instructed House. to
2: call it the Solstice party because it's not on Festivus. This Who, year. Who's instructed you yourself? Some listeners <laughs> to the post game.
3: Yeah, no, yeah. it's our my Festivus people. party that is just <laughs> not on Festivus because the flyers are home on Festivus, and then nobody would come to our party. Okay, Come Fair to my it. party. All right. <laughs> come to. To my party. <laughs> uh, so it's December 21st at Fieldhouse, and they're going to be selling their merchandise. So mm-hmm. hats, yeah. t-shirts, I don't hoodies. know what hoodies, whatever you're going to yep. bring with you. So if you're looking for a last minute Christmas gift for yourself or for somebody else, mm-hmm. definitely make sure you bring a, a payment method. Um, talk to me about how people can buy the merchandise at the event. Um, and then we'll... Um, just do that and then we'll go into into <laughs> holiday stuff.
1: Well, obviously cash or yeah. we do take credit card, Venmo, Venmo. you Perfect. know. So they're
3: basically our three. Awesome. Yep. Excellent. So, we're kind of in between holidays right now. We're in between Thanksgiving and and the other December holidays, whatever anybody celebrates. Um let's talk about some family traditions. So I was thinking as for, for everybody. So we've got every Kelly and Charlie who haven't spoken. Um, (laughs) I was trying really hard to think about what a family tradition of mine is. And I don't have one that's, that's (laughs) for my family, but something that I personally do is every Christmas Eve, I go to bed in a new set of pajamas I don't know why that started. I love that tradition. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. I, I like. It a treat look myself good for Santa. Definitely, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's a treat myself <laughs> thing. <laughs> <I laughs> Weird love... raggedy old pajamas, <laughs> <laughs> when the big guy shows up. <laughs> Tuck in, you know. I love pajamas and I love pajama sets, so I just buy myself a new pair every Christmas. So that's my. That's I love. My... It. I like
1: that too. Yeah, I do t- get, t- get my Eve. kids every Christmas Eve. They get new pajamas. Oh, nice! So they're not nice. surprised, but you know. <laughs> they know they're coming. They know they're coming. Charlie, what
3: do you got?
0: Are these just Christmas traditions? I can't think of any I can't think of any Christmas traditions that are like obvious. There's there's one like weird little funny Christmas or New Year's tradition that I I have. I don't really do it anymore because I don't live with my parents anymore. But when I was like very very young my parents talked about how they were going to have a toast for for new year's eve and in my head i got all i got this idea that we were all going to eat toast <laughs> oh, so, so when it when it's when it turns midnight the ball hits and we're watching on tv and they have like their their glasses of champagne i'm like where's the toast oh, my God, so then they so never, they, then they made me toast and then that became it's a thing so every cute. year New Year's toast that's amazing i love that that's amazing, amazing.
2: That's that's that. That's amazing. Uh, i was just thinking um My parents always hosted uh, Christmas Eve. They still do. And my dad would always get the most ridiculously oversized tree for the small room. It was like it was in in an inappropriate tree. like It just didn't fit. And so he'd have to like... Tie it, basically, to the window pane so it wouldn't fall over. And me and my cousin would just sit there and watch the tree be like, it's going over in five minutes. Yeah, like, <laughs> and the and we just, the like, downtown. it was <laughs> always, oh, it went down regularly. He's like, every <laughs> year. That well, was the tradition. The tree went yeah, down. Yeah, it was basically trying to trying to guess when it yeah. was going <laughs> to happen. Awesome. And, yeah, That's everybody's
0: awesome. tossing dollars. <laughs> right, yeah, right,
4: right. <laughs> That's awesome. I think we we always, and I don't know when this started, but I remember it every Christmas that I can remember back. We always watch It's a Wonderful Life. The, oh that's the, nice that's cool. yes. yeah to this day i watch like you know i'm in my 40s now and i still like will watch that every christmas so i love that yeah ours is chinese
1: every christmas eve we go out for chinese food oh i love nice. that, yeah. that Nothing nice. used to be open yeah, right. yeah. and um I, when i was younger my mom would have a big you know everyone at the house and then, and then it just that faded away and we would all meet for chinese food i love that yeah. i love that
4: i love all of our traditions yeah,
3: yeah. kelly what do you yeah. got So it doesn't happen so much now that we're all old, but I come from a big Italian family and every year on Thanksgiving we used to draw names out of a hat and that would be the person that you bought a gift for for Christmas. Oh, it was like, like a secret that. Santa
2: thing, so nobody oh, knew that who. Is Yeah, it was cute. fun. Oh, I preferred nice. that to having to buy something for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody yeah, get family. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> Unless you want to get them Biscuit Teas. Oh, I mean, well, that's, obviously. That's, yeah. oh, there's something for everybody. <laughs> Go to
2: BiscuitTeas.com, something for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. That's perfect. Good <laughs> perfect. plug there.
3: Yeah, that was excellent, because then that was it for me. The next thing I was going to say is tell everybody where they can find you. So, BiscuitTeas.com. Yep. Um, on Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Excellent. Yep. Awesome. And at our festivist party absolutely. absolutely. December there. December twenty-first at Field House. We start at six. The Flyers game starts at seven.
2: All right, we are back. And uh Charlie, I, I wanted to ask you this specifically because you're at practice every day. Uh What is Uh, this, the Charlie Show? Pretty much. Jesus. He's our legitimacy. Uh, He doesn't work for us. He
3: doesn't even (laughs) go here anymore.
2: Now, uh, Travis, I saw this quote out of Travis Konechny today, and they asked him just about the way this team is playing, how they're able to take over in the second and third periods of games. And he basically says it has a lot to do with the way they practice uh, and got into just how they have so much pace. They go go over everything beforehand, and then they just go out and skate their asses. Off, basically a practice. I just want to know, as someone who's covered a few different coaches now, how much different
0: is it than the previous regimes you've covered? It's a lot different. It's and the players have said that to a man that it's a lot different, and uh, and they've all. In my mind, and obviously, you know, they could be lying, but they seem to like it and they're certainly seeing the results on the ice. So that's been. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It was something literally from the, the first day of training camp and, you know, we're, we're all in the, the media room and Vorhees watching watching camp and there just were no gaps. You know, the way it used to be is they'd run, they'd run through a rep and then they'd all come together at the, at the dry race board at center ice and stand around for five minutes as the coaches tell them what they're going to do next. And now it's just, they do a rep, there's a whistle. And then within 10 seconds, they're doing a totally different rep. And it doesn't sound like much, you know, you might just be, oh, well, that's just practice, whatever. But the players clearly believe this is helping. Them. I mean, Travis, I, this was a question that I asked him straight up. I was like, "Why does it seem like you guys, as the game progresses, get stronger and you know impose your will on the other team more and more in the second and third periods?" And his answer was this. I'll, I'll read off the uh, the quote. It was, "I think it has a lot to do with the practicing that we do." It's just a lot of high tempo, not a lot of breaks. We do a lot of pre-ice planning, talking about drills before you go on, and then you just roll through the drills. There are a couple breaks, but you keep that tempo up. And you know it's game-like. You hear, practice like you play. It's hard to replicate that, but they do a great job. And the players seem to really be buying in. That's the cool thing about this whole thing. And as we talked about... It may not go on forever, but the players really do seem to be buying in to everything the coaches are selling, and, and I think it's showing on the ice. and they're getting the
2: results, and not all of us were crazy about the um, the amount of dump and chase they were playing and everything and how much they were focused on defense, but aesthetically, I don't feel like they're dull. They're keeping yeah. teams mm-hmm. to a goal or two most nights, but it's not like they're neutral zone trapping, lulling you into sleep out there, it doesn't feel like. Like, you guys were at mm-hmm. the game last night, it was fun, even though it was a one nothing game pretty much the whole yeah. night. It was That's a great thing game. I keep
1: saying they're fun to watch They're fun year. to watch. I think the game is yeah. fun.
2: Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, Charlie, uh, you wrote about this. And Steph, <laughs> Steph. No, I'm Steph. getting to you, too. What do you think, Steph? I'm getting Come to on. you, too, Steph. <laughs> no, because <laughs> earlier you talked about how they made the Leafs play their game. That's what they're doing. Could it, like, this This knockout, like, this like knockdown, out kind of way they're playing with all the dump and chase – the high, uh, like the high, uh, high energy. Like, do you think that's coming from how they're practicing? Is it clearly what? Like, Probably. where's this energy coming from? This has been a team that hasn't played with this much inspiration in the past.
3: Well, it started in training camp, and we heard that from Jake Voracek that they hadn't skated this much, and he hadn't been so exhausted ever in his career. So, yeah, I, I definitely
2: think that has something to do with it. They are making teams. Uncomfortable. That's what I will say about this. Uh, their style of play is it's not the way most. Good. No, it's not. It's, I like it. It's not the way most teams want to play. You see, Toronto last night they've held uh, Carolina to a couple of goals in a few in two games. Uh, they held Vancouver to three goals in two games. They are making these teams that want to rush the puck really uncomfortable. And that's awesome that the Flyers are able to impose their will that way. It's making for some entertaining hockey,
0: even though it's not up and down the ice trading chances. Yeah, they're playing fast. And I do think that there was, when you heard all that talk about them playing fast in in training camp and preseason, there was an expectation that it was going to be this trade chances back and forth down the ice kind of thing. And that was understandable. I think that's what a lot of people think when they think playing fast, but Mm -hmm. the way I understand it now is that he wants it just to be a very north-south game, you know, get it on the four check attack with speed, you know, force a turnover pinch to try to pinch along the walls to try to keep pucks alive. Like that's, in Vino's mind, what it means to play fast, and it's it's working for now. It's working. I'm I'm interested to see if this this heavy dump and chase style, because I, I mean I've been tracking the games from the start of the year. They're at around around a 40 percent controlled entry rate of five on five, which is very low. It, it would probably be the lowest in the league. I don't track all the teams all the time, but it probably will be the lowest in the league. It'll be interesting to see if they can continue to succeed by doing that, or if they start carrying the puck in more as the year goes on. But for now it's working because they're making the other team play dump and chase too they're playing such tight defense in the middle of the ice and on their forecheck that the other teams are being forced to play dump and chase and i don't think a team like toronto wants to play dump and chase hockey i think that was one of the reasons why they look so uncomfortable a lot of the game because they weren't able to play that quick strike transition game they love to play because they were being forced to go in and get the puck every time they wanted to get into the zone
2: when we talk about the makeup of this team, the role players uh, have really stepped up. And I don't think anybody more than Scott Lawton. Uh, this this kid has uh, impressed the hell out of me this year. Oh, but, remember when I was ready to throw the towel in on him? I like, mean, two years ago? he just didn't. <laughs> It looked like he'd hit a wall in his development, but it doesn't look like that anymore. I've never been happier to be wrong. Scott (laughs) Lawton's on the third line right now. Uh, He's got six games back from injury in his last four. He's got four points. He is earning his third line role. Last night, he played 17 minutes and four seconds. The forwards who played more than him on the team last night, Sean Couturier, Jake Voracek, and Claude Giroux. That's it. They are counting on this kid, and he is freaking delivering. Uh, this quote from Voracek is absolutely awesome, just how people uh, basically have counted him as a fourth-line player, and that's really what he is, just a penalty kill specialist. And all of a sudden, given the opportunity, he's looked great. I thought maybe this raffle injury was going to be an opportunity to bump him down to the fourth line, bring up JVR, and kind of even out things. But it looks like the coach has all the confidence in the world in Lawton.
3: And that that makes me really happy Um, for a variety of reasons, but not one of the most important is that Lawton was one of the only players last year who played his ass off for the entire season towards the end of the year. Nobody wanted to play. <laughs> like, no, the season like,
2: was over in March. And, and everyone let's was, be real, yeah.
3: nobody wanted to watch them either. No. <laughs> nobody wanted to watch. But Lawton busted his ass night in and night out. Whether that resulted in points, usually not. But he was out there back-checking and, forechecking and he checking And try- he was trying. He was trying. And I'm really pleased. I'm really, really pleased to see his career go this
0: way. Yeah, one thing that's interesting to me about Lawton is... Like, going back to, because he signed a contract this summer, and it was a, I believe it was a two-year contract with, like, a $2.3 million cap hit, and there were longer-term deals that were on the table that were discussed, but I think he looked at it as, I'm going to bet on myself. He's like, I don't think I'm just a fourth-line player, and so what he did is he signs a two-year deal that puts him, brings him right to unrestricted free agency, and if he can prove over the next two years that he's not just a fourth liner, that he can be, you know, a third line or even a second liner, then that puts him in an entirely different bracket when he gets his next contract, whether it's with the Flyers or not. And that's why this comment by by Voracek that you, you referenced was so interesting. And it, it was just it, it shows that his teammates like him, but also just that his teammates really have a lot of respect for what he brings to the table. And the, the quote was this. He's a hell of a player. This was after Saturday's game. He's a hell of a player. He's been like that the last two or three years. Usually the coaches and the media and the people try to box him into being a fourth line player, but he was a first round pick with a lot of skills and he's a great skater. He's not only a fourth line player and a PKer. He's much more than that, which is great to see. So, his teammates recognize that he's not just a fourth liner. And I mean, he's a guy in my mind who's easy to root for. And like, I don't know if he's going to get his next contract with the flyers, but I hope he keeps up this level of production. So he puts himself into a, you know, a different pay bracket because I think had he signed a longer term deal, that may have been just all he ever would have been viewed as Mm -hmm. by the flyers. But now He's pushing himself up and you know hey maybe maybe he's not just a fourth line player maybe he's more than that. He's looking damn good with
2: Kevin Hayes and Hayes has been uh, terrific lately a revelation uh, I had the numbers right here uh yeah went 10 straight without a point and then in his last eight games he's got seven points that assist he had to set up Lawton last night uh, that was jump out of your seat stuff mm-hmm. like just protecting the puck getting to the net and Lawton's right there to get the dirty goal it was beautiful
0: yes
3: Yeah. He's, he's uh-huh. been indeed
0: fun. he's been fun agree
3: I think that he's so more on Kevin Hayes is is that he's the piece that we had been missing. And True. I I didn't quite realize it when he was signed this summer. I, I was a little bit ambivalent, I guess, on um, him being the, the 2C. But he's he, the player, the individual,
2: is what this team has been missing for the past four years. While last night was a ton of fun, a little bit of bad news came out of the game. Michael Raffles going to be out a month with a broken finger, so Misha Vorobiev was called up. Uh, I saw today that Vorobiev might not play on Thursday. I they think, might I, go
0: seven D. I think he's going to play. Okay. I, I just, I just don't think, to... I don't think Vino had made the decision. I would be surprised if they go eleven forward seven defenseman, but he did leave the possibility open today at practice. I just. I get the impression that, like, Vorobiev's gotten a lot of chances, and I get the impression that this wasn't a, like, we're excited to call you up kind of thing. This was more a, okay, we don't want to move Lawton back to center because he's doing so well on the Hayes line. No one else can play center. Raffle was already, like, the fill-in yeah. center. German Rubsoff's injured. Andy Andriov's injured. Tyler Pitlick apparently hasn't played center since high school, regardless of what it says on NHL.com. So they needed someone to play center. And the only guy, realistically, they could have called up was Vorobiev. So I don't think okay. this was like a we're excited to call you up. This was just like, well, you're the guy, so go do it. So I don't get the impression that Vino is like super pumped to put Vorobiev out there for his fifth call up when in the other four he hasn't shown pretty much anything. So I think it might have been sparked by that. At the same time, I think in the end he'll be out there because I think they do want to run four lines.
2: That's, he is a fifth year pro. This is his third year in North America. He'll be 23 in a month. I know that seems like super freaking young, but at this point in hockey, that's like, oh, you're a vet. Mm -hmm. So like it's time for him to make an impact. It is past
3: time for him to make an impact, in my opinion.
2: We'll see. So do you think this says more about, and Charlie basically just answered this, but do you think this says more about how badly they want to keep Lawton at wing because he's doing so well or more about wanting to give
0: Misha another opportunity? I think it's the former. Because I I flat out asked Vino today about, you know, did you consider moving Lawton down? And he said, you know, yeah, he thought about it, but he likes that haze line. He doesn't want to mess with that haze line. And he did say that, he, he that may be an option you know he could potentially change his mind a couple games in raffles out for a month so this is this isn't a problem that's going away anytime soon he's going to have to figure out how to how to manage that third and fourth line but i do believe that he likes the way that line's working right now and if you're not going to break up that line you need to get a center somewhere and i mean i don't think they were going to call up cal o'reilly okay
2: Nolan Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, we'll get to Nolan Patrick in a minute. Uh, I was glad to get some sort of update out of him just to kind of get, see where his head was at. It seems like things are going well. Steph went over that. But first I just want to ask, where does anybody think, like, I like JVR. I'm a fan of James Van Riemsdyk. But at this very moment, where does he fit in this lineup? Like, who are his ideal line mates at this point? Uh, anybody feel free to jump in yeah
3: um i don't have a good answer and i also like jvr um but he has kind of seemed like the odd man out for a, a, a little bit um just because of the makeup of the team the makeup of the team is a lot of setup guys or a lot of guys that need to be with somebody else and he's a scorer and who are you going to put him with i like the idea of him on the third line Um, uh, but i don't know if that's the ideal spot for him I'm i'm just kind of talking this through i i don't know is my answer
0: i think that's where you want him eventually i just don't i think truthfully the the issue for him right now is that Frankly, Scott Lawton's playing better than he is. Yeah, and, and if you're the coach, and not only are you trying to win games, you're also trying to fairly give div- divvy out minutes and divvy out roles. And Scott Lawton is playing better hockey than James Van Riemsak like is right now. Do I think James Van Riemsak... Like, at his best, is a better player than Scott Lawton at his best? Yeah, probably. But he's not playing like it. And I don't even think Van Riemsdijk's playing terribly. It's just Lawton's playing really well. And Van Riemsdijk is having some trouble scoring. It was good to see him get on the board at the end of the game. That was nice. But he's not scoring like he normally is. And until he is... And if Scott Lawton keeps doing this, I don't think you can put him on the third line, even if I do want him there eventually. Now, and the follow-up point to that, which, Steph, you kind of hinted at, is what is the best stylistic fit for him on a line? And that I don't know, because they've tried him with Hayes, and that really hasn't worked I don't know if I want him with Couturier because Couturier is always going to get the toughest minutes and Van Riemsleg isn't a defensive guy. So I don't know if I really want him on a line that's going to be facing off against other teams' top lines because he's just not that type of player. I kind of like the idea of him with Morgan Frost, but that Konechny-Frost-Jarou line has just been so good, I don't want to break it up. So it is a situation where where does he fit? If he doesn't fit well with Hayes, where does he fit with the way these lines are set up now? And as long as the Giroux-Frost connecting line's doing this well, I don't know where he fits at this point.
3: I almost want to see because I I love I love the Kateri line with Konechny and Lindblom. Like I want that back. You want that back? I want it back because <laughs> God, they're amazing together. But I understand why, you know, you want to keep. Claude Giroux with Travis Konechny, I guess. <laughs> this is the first time. Right. This mean, is the first
2: time I, in Giroux's career he has two line mates who might have as much skill as
0: he does. Yeah, first time he's been in the league twelve years. Yeah, I know. First time. I I mean, let him let him enjoy it for a couple uh, of days. This is what the, the, the <laughs> second time in two weeks that Giroux and Konechny hooked up for one of those like Konechny had, had just that just b- blind yet. pass mm-hmm. from b- b- below the red line and just right on Giroux's stick. Uh, it was just like that. That we could talk about line chemistry. That's love, yeah, chemistry for sure. Oh, I love them. Me
1: too. I, do I, do love, too. I love. I love Travis. Connect me. <laughs> I like, do too. He's the best. I. Love love him talk, anymore, just, Kim, yeah.
4: talk about someone who's born to be a flyer. Oh like uh-huh. just like the epitome. I yeah. mean, just a grinder. But he's like scrappy. Your, yeah, and I love him.
1: Talented. It. Like he's got the whole package. Uh, there, there was probably. amazing yeah. hair. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just and the flow is on point.
3: And just like and a little piss pot. I yeah. love him. Amazing. Right? I love him. Yeah.
2: No, there was totally. a point. I think in the first period when the Flyers got their first shot in a little bit, and uh, it was just nothing. Play Anderson covered it up. There's a defenseman in front of the net. Connecty just goes and throws a little hit into him. Uh-huh. Whistle blown. And JJ's just like, oh, well, there's Connecty stirring things up. That, uh-huh. That's just what he was yeah. doing. He's I like, yeah, it. let's get a scrum going. Let's get some energy yeah. in this game. And. They look good after that. That's just I love watching. He's a fun one to
1: mic up during a game. Oh God, yeah.
2: (laughs) He should be mic'd up every single game.
4: I want him mic'd up like
1: I want him mic'd up in the
4: grocery store. (laughs) I want to know what he's doing all at all times. I do too. I do too. I want car wash. I want a reality
3: show of him and Nolan Patrick (laughs) (laughs) because I think that that would be amazing.
2: Amazing. How after we got the update, how's everyone feeling about the Nolan Patrick situation?
3: I feel the same as I did. I just feel I feel
2: worse for him now. Well.
3: Because you're finally seeing how hard it is to have a a brain disorder. Like, it sucks. I
2: understood. I just, you know. It sucks. It's heartbreaking. It is. It's really awful. I was trying to compartmentalize and just be like human being, hockey player, and keep them separate. And then I hear no, him talk, can't. and I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Like, oh. No, it sucks. This poor guy. Yeah. This 21-year-old kid who's just awesome at this one thing that he's not allowed to do <laughs> now.
4: awful. Oh.
3: Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, like I've said before, this isn't an injury, so there's no... Timeline. He's just going to wake up one day and he's not going to have a migraine. And, and migraines are not just headaches. Like you look at him physically, he's lost weight. Like that could be, Mm -hmm. that could be from a whole variety of things. Like there's a lot of migraine medications that will make you lose weight or any of the side effects that come with having migraines.
0: Or he might be on a diet
3: or he might be on a specific diet. Like there's a whole lot that can be going into this, but like physically he's lost weight. Um, not an injury so one day he's going to wake up without a migraine or migraine symptoms and then it'll be a week and then it'll be two weeks and then he'll be able to get through practice and that's just how it's going to go it's just going to be suddenly oh wait i feel better and i can do this now as opposed to well in four weeks he's going to be cured so expect him back on the Mm -hmm. ice that's not how these types of of illnesses and disorders go
0: I do think it's good news that he's practicing more. Yeah. Because there was, if you remember in I think it was like late October. End of October is yeah, what the article said. It was when um it was when Mackenzie went on, Bob McKenzie went on an intermission show. It was once one of the times the Flyers were on a national broadcast. And he basically said that the Flyers are are happy with Nolan Patrick's recent progress. He was he went on a trip. They were they were they seemed positive. And then there was like a two week period where he just kind of disappeared. Mm. And, you know, the Flyers played it off as their well, it wasn't a setback, but there had to have been some type of setback because you got a guy that's practicing, you know, four or five days a week. And then he just is on the ice one day a week out of nowhere when you want him to be continually taking strides towards doing more. Yeah. He, the headaches must have gotten worse or came back or increase in frequency again after they went down for a little bit. Well, over the last week, I believe he's now been on the ice six out of seven days. That's good. That's that seems like a good sign.
3: Yeah. And in that two week period where he kind of disappeared. He cut off all of his hair, and he got two new tattoos. So baby boy is going
4: <laughs> <laughs> through He's having a midlife it. crisis? He's going through he, something. He is what? going through
3: <laughs> it. Like, Jesus. this is this is what you do when you're like, my life is <laughs> shit. You're like, I'm cutting my hair. <laughs> I'm cutting it all off. I'm getting bangs. <laughs> I'm getting two <laughs> tattoos. Like, that. it was oh, during God. that two-week period that it happened. So, like, let's just keep in mind a 21-year-old human being he cannot be doing the only thing that he knows and
4: loves. It's hard for that's him. That's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be an awful... Yeah. I can't even imagine that.
1: Yeah. I mean, my dad, with his injury, was towards... No, I mean, he played a career. But the day that he couldn't play that anymore, it's all he did. It's all he knew, like... It's hard. It's, yeah.
4: your whole identity. I'm yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Your whole identity, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah. No, it, And I something mean, you
4: love so much.
2: You're a hockey player. Yeah. That's, that's who yeah. these guys are. And yeah, yeah that's, that's a good, yeah. It got just taken away from Bernie one day. That was mm-hmm. one day he was there, one but day. But if
1: that happened now, there would have been a surgery to correct. It. Yeah, sure. But back then, you know. Yeah.
2: I like uh, you brought this up earlier, Steph, but they asked him, you know, he he basically said, My teammates are doing a great job making me feel a part of the team. Mm-hmm. He talked about Dan Carcillo about how, you know, you are alone a lot, so you do get down. And I like that Chris Stewart, I think Charlie said, uh, is like the professional best friend. Yeah. Like he's just <laughs> he's just there to put his arm around guys right now. And Dan Carcillo? Good, uh, Chris, Chris Stewart. Stewart. Oh, yeah.
3: okay. Sorry. My no, bad.
2: Carcillo, mm-hmm. He's he's mad out there, man.
3: <laughs> Dan Carcillo is doing He's got a
2: bone to pick, yeah. He, uh-huh. he is
3: doing amazing work right yeah. now. Friend of the show oh, has, yeah, I has love... talked to us many times. Amazing work that he's doing right now.
0: Despite that playoff goal he scored with the Rangers you know, against there the Flyers. there's some things that
3: you've just got to <laughs> overlook.
0: I, I, I hey, love... You know what? He scored an overtime winner in the year yeah, we went I'll to the final, so. I'll give him that.
3: There's some things that you got to overlook. So, yes, Chris Stewart, professional best friend. Yep. Uh, I'm, last, back on, I'm back on
2: board. Yeah, last thing we're going to get into tonight is Shane Goss <laughs> to spare. Uh Elaine Vigneault has been j- juggling the defense and... Honestly, doing a pretty good job of it. I mean, they're not giving up goals. Everyone who goes in, he seems to be uh, handing out the ice time uh, in a uh, in a sensical manner. It's not like he's putting Robert Haig out for 22 minutes a game like a previous coach might have. But <laughs> Shane spare last couple of nights, has a couple of goals. He had that absolute freaking rip. at the, the, fir- the first ghost bomb of the year? I first that's ghost bomb. That's a true ghost bomb. That, yeah. was. that was.
3: So I was at the game last night with... our friend Cole. Um, Do you think that he could do hardest shot competition? Do you think that he could hang?
0: So last year at the end of, it was near the end of the season. They did a hardest shot competition on the team. And I believe Phil Myers won. I think it was Phil Myers and Ratko Gutis like six, were six. like, I could see that. Tied. Yeah, six. But uh, yeah, he's yeah. just so huge that he can just, you know, yeah. really rip it. I think Ghost was actually not that, I think Ghost topped out at something like 93 or 94 miles really? an hour. Really? But it's just, you know what it is? It's just, I, I it's think. It's his release. It's the release, and he looks like he's putting so much into it that yeah. it probably like deceives goalies into thinking gets even faster than it is. But, uh. I actually thought, and I don't know if, if you guys would agree or disagree, I thought last night was Ghost's best game of the year. By far. And, and not I'm not, I don't even care about the goal. Like the goal was cool. That was the goal, the game was over. The
2: goal I'm, was a I'm gift ta- for how well he yeah, played.
0: I'm talking about everything he was doing the yeah. rest of the game. I thought that was the most he looked like himself all year.
2: There yeah. was just this uh there was this little play made in the first period where Toronto clears the puck out, it comes through neutral zone. Ghost goes back over his blue line and he's got a four checker on him. And it's like a couple of games ago or before the benching, I could see him turning that over. I could see him just firing it down and icing it, just doing something that wasn't him. But he just created room for himself with this nifty little stick handle that was so different from what he's been doing all year. It just made me go, oh, he's back. Ooh, that's Ghost. And he, he made a couple mistakes, but like we're always going to have to take the good with the bad with him. I thought the good far outweighed the bad last night. And if Ghost is back, this team's... They've been playing well without Shane Bear being
0: who he is all year. If he is what we think he could be, damn, dude. Well, that mm-hmm. that's the thing, and that's kind of what I hinted at to start the show, is that the holes on this team... It's, we're we're not in the position now where like we have to look at the team, we look at the roster, and we say, well, Andrew McDonald's a hole, Yuri Laterra's a hole, Dale yeah, Weasel. They're, a just, hole. Bad they're just bad players. They're just bad players. They're not going to get better. Whereas the guys on this team that have been holes so far shane goss despair jake voracek for the first month of the year james van Riems like not scoring these are guys that in the very recent past were really the good best players yeah. the and, team. It, right. and it's not unrealistic to think they can get back there like you're not hoping that andrew mcdonald one day is going to become good these guys have been good recently so if those are the big holes and the and the other like question marks are is the 21 year old goalie who we all think is going to be awesome going to stay awesome like yes these are question marks and these are if you get to the playoffs it becomes a question mark if carter hart will be able to stand up to playoff competition if joel farabee and morgan frost will not run out of gas at the end of the year these are question marks and if we get to that point we'll address them but the fact of the matter is is that these are question marks about players we think are really good (laughs) and i'd much rather have question marks about Mm -hmm. players we think are good than players that we know are bad
2: yeah that's Everything is pointing up and it's the first time Mm -hmm. we have been able to say that in a while. I, like, I'm yep. just happy with the way we'll, things are we'll going. We'll
0: see how we're feeling next week. You, yeah, never, you yeah. never
2: know with this team. There's you a couple games know. between now and then I could absolutely lose my mind. If they lose to Ottawa, you will lose if your mind. If they lose to oh, Ottawa. Ottawa, I'm not showing up to work. Uh,
3: you'll be at work. You'll be <laughs> at Festivus.
2: We already oh, right. dealt
1: with that with the Eagles. That's, we don't need to deal yeah, with please. the yeah, God, <laughs> Let's not even go there.
2: Can't deal with that. And that's the other thing. People are paying attention more to the Flyers right. because the Eagles are bad. And that's always my fear. Like, I've been telling everyone, I know, guys, Flyers the best team mm-hmm. in the city. the Eagles. Eagles go and lose, so everyone's pissed. Off. Fine, I'll watch the Flyers, and then they blow one. They're like, "Oh, thanks, Bill." <laughs> <laughs> it was one game. They play two of these things. A lot I'm sorry. People
1: that are like, "Oh, well, Flyers," you're like, "How can you even watch them anymore?" Are they, so-? I'm like, "Have you been watching hockey?" Or yeah. <laughs> you just saying that right. because you watched it two years ago right. you haven't yeah. watched a game since then. Like, what That's are you talking exactly about?
3: It. It's yeah. a new day. So in many people right? with that. It's they've an- they've won two games in the past week by six one. Right. Right? right, insane, insane.
2: And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio tonight. Thank you all so much for hanging out. Ladies, Biscuit Tees, thank you so much for coming. Kim Perant, uh, Jody Smith, absolutely awesome to have you fun. here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for hanging uh, out. Biscuit absolutely. teas on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And yep. BiscuitTease.com. BiscuitTease.com. Make sure you give them some business because their stuff is awesome. They will be at the Festivus Party on December 21st at Fieldhouse. Come out and join us there. It will be our best party yet. We're going to dress. Charlie up like Gritty.
3: <laughs> so uh, a couple things about Festivus. Yes. The first 50 people to show up will get free Broad Street Hockey t-shirts. Uh, we have Broad Street Hockey t-shirts? We will that night. <laughs> uh, the next 50 people will get free drink tickets. So the Ooh. first 100 people to show up will be getting something free from Broad street hockey. Uh, there will also be food provided. So we'll have some type of buffet situation. Um,
2: Steven Craig will be recording your grievances. They will be recording. We're going to do
3: an airing of grievances during intermission. Um, And a couple other giveaways. We'll be doing a raffle for tickets to the Capitals game that's sometime in January. Um, A a lot of fun stuff that we have planned for Festivus. So definitely make sure you come. It's Saturday, December 21st, starting at 6 p.m.
2: All right. For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.